Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Out of the gates and ready to go. Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow is underway from 6th and Peabody with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Jam-packed show. Coming up in 20 minutes, Trey Wallace of Outkick.com. SEC discussion, all things Southeastern Conference and college football stemming from the NFL draft this past weekend. John McClain will tell us why the Houston Texans ended up actually selecting C.J. Stroud at number two overall and then the trade back up to get Will Anderson at pick number three. That, among other headlines with John across the NFL, that's in hour number two. Kurt Schilling on the show today to talk Major League Baseball. That's always great and always uh, entertaining. It'll be with us uh, in hour three. Chad, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Hutton. Huge show today. They're all big, though. Right. All of them. I, I would even dare to say they're all huge. Not just big, but huge. This one's no different. We'll get into some uh, football discussion in a moment. Uh, Dylan Brooks has learned from the Memphis Grizzlies they have no intentions under any circumstances, is the quote, to bring him back to the Memphis Grizzlies roster. This after uh, making the comments that he was like, yeah, I'll come back. I'm going to stay exactly who I am. I'm going to continue to talk trash, and I'm going to be what I've been this past season, which was a disruptor. And then a guy who didn't show up after talking trash to the King, LeBron James. There's a line in Jerry Maguire where Tom Cruise has Jerry Maguire says, you know, Bob Sugar is a child yeah. describing him. That, that's the way I feel about Dylan Brooks. That's what the Grizzlies organization, they're saying Dylan Brooks is a child. And LeBron James scolded him like a child at the end of that series. And like a good parent, waited until the series was over and decided to tee off on every member of the Grizzlies roster that was on the yep. floor saying, never open your mouth and talk to me again. Don't hit a couple shots and start talking trash. Bow down to the king. And that's what they've done. He and now Dylan, Brooks, now Dylan Brooks will be bowing down to the king elsewhere. Yeah. And, and this, to me, this says something just based on the fact that it's the Grizzlies that are saying this about Dylan Brooks. It's not you know, the, the run-of-the-mill team that already has the quote-unquote tough guy, right? This is the team that prides itself on the, the grind, grind city. And being the toughest team on the floor night in, night out, they want to make it messy. And even with that, they're telling them, yeah, under no circumstance are we bringing you back to the roster. Yeah, and I'm, I'm a little bit torn. First off, it's the right decision. He should not be back in Memphis. But also, Memphis is a big part of this problem. This is the type of culture that they have massaged out of these guys. These are the players they've brought in. Hudden, you talked about the whole grind city mantra. Mm -hmm. They have coddled and made excuses for John Morant and his idiocy for far too long. Yep. So you reap what you sow. And Dylan Brooks is what you sow. So now all of a sudden, because Dylan Brooks, who always runs his mouth, runs his mouth in a way that gets your ass kicked in the first round the way it was, suddenly it's a big problem and you want to cut him loose. It's the right decision to get rid of this idiot. But I also look at it and think, this is your doing. I mean, this is your culture in Memphis. This is what you wanted. This is the attitude that you sought. This is what you have pretended wasn't going on with John Morant and others. 
And now suddenly it's a problem because you get bounced in the first round. And it's because they lost. Yeah. It's so because they lost. It's look, not because it's a, they talked. If it's a complete, uh, absolutely. But if it's a complete reversal of this whole ethos in Memphis with this organization, okay, fine. This is step one in reversing that. But if it's just more of the same with them and you're just getting rid of Dylan Brooks because he opened his mouth and the team didn't back him up and back up his teammate and LeBron James' teammates backed him up and put them out in the first yeah. round, then I don't think it's really going to go anywhere for Memphis. What would have happened is Memphis would have advanced had they backed up the talk of Dylan Brooks and played against the Golden State Warriors, a team that they actually stepped up and backed up the trash talk against in the regular season. Chad, now it's Warriors and Lakers tonight in the NBA. Yeah, this is the big boy series now. This is uh, the whole NBA world revolves around this game in San Francisco tonight. Look, there's some good series out there. We're going to talk about James Harden's performance and beating the Celtics with the Sixers and all of that. And I do think the Heat Knicks, as long as the Knicks can find their balance in game two and, and even up that series in New York, could be a good one. But make no mistake about it. Step aside, the big boys are playing between the Warriors and the Lakers. This is the NBA's golden moment for rating success. Sunday's Game 7 between Warriors and Kings was the highest-rated first-round game in 24 years for the NBA. Kings had a big part of that. They're a young, exciting team, no doubt about it. But the biggest part of that is Steph Curry, who is still the superstar of the NBA, right alongside LeBron James. Well, guess what? Those two are about to square off in a second-round Western Conference semifinal series starting tonight. Big opportunity for the NBA to capitalize on some real momentum in terms of eyeballs and interest and television ratings. And I think this series may have what it takes to be a really good one, a classic between these two. Yeah, and and the other one in the Western Conference is right now a 2-0 series lead for Denver over Phoenix. And, man, different styles. Watching Boston and Philly last night go back and forth. I mean, that was a sprint of a game. That was a blast. Following that up with Denver and Phoenix, where at the same time, with eight minutes left of the fourth quarter, they had, like, 25 less points combined in in that game. Totally different structure to how Denver wants to slow things down and and play, play at their pace. It's this, all- this semifinal in the Western Conference that you're talking about, Chad, between the Lakers and Warriors, I hope this lives up to the long series hype. Because if it does, Denver's going to be waiting for a while. Yeah. And then you get either LeBron with the Lakers, who's all of a sudden got healthy and you know they're, they're playing very well, to, I mean, let's face it, the Warriors, who are the champions for a reason and are coming back with Steph Curry, who is now giving pregame pep talks prior to hopping the bus and going to Sacramento for the Game 7 performance that he put on, that's where I think the NBA can really carry the momentum into the Denver franchise that's the number one seed, but nobody really knows much about them. And for that matter, we haven't seen a lot of Phoenix with Durant either. And Against his old team, possibly. Possibly, yeah. So, I, I mean, I like the different storylines that they can build, and it's behind Steph Curry and, of course, LeBron James. But LeBron, I mean, thinking about what he's doing at his age, and Steph, who, you know... He's also so, up there. Yeah, he's 34, 35, 35 years old and seems much younger than that. Um, to, to continue 
the high level of play that they're doing, this should be a fantastic series. Should be, and that's a great example. Let's play it out now. Denver up 2-0 and yeah. say they win. Denver versus Golden State, let's say, does not have near the, no. the pizzazz of Lakers-Warriors no. in this series. That's what I mean by there's going to be a law of diminishing returns after this series. I don't think there's any NBA Finals that will generate the amount of interest this series will. Separate maybe of the Knicks going on a run and making the NBA Finals. Because of that market, if it was Knicks-Lakers or Knicks-Warriors, that, that would could be a big NBA Finals. But keep in mind, you got your banner Eastern Conference franchise and the Celtics playing the Warriors a year ago. The ratings were terrible in the NBA Finals. So I'm saying all this to state that tonight the NBA playoffs really take off in this series between these two teams. And it may not be quite as good as this series moving forward. Could be great, but that's the classic example. Denver up 2-0. If it's Denver, Golden State, or Denver, L.A., in the Western Conference Finals, it doesn't nearly match up with interest of Warriors-Lakers we're going to yeah. see starting tonight. Right there with you. Uh, the Packers and Jordan Love have come to an agreement on a contract extension, an unorthodox one at that, because today they would have to come up with whether or not they wanted to pick up a fifth-year option for a first-round pick that has one career start in Jordan Love now that Aaron Rodgers is in New York. What they've done is they've met in the middle. They have extended Jordan Love's contract by one year with the new deal coming up with, what, $13.5 million, which is fully guaranteed, this per Adam Schefter. That's on the final year of the contract for 2024. And it could be worth up to $22.5 million if he hits all of the incentives. My guess is the incentives are relatively easy to obtain given the fact that they want to keep them around for 2024 on the fifth year option. And that option would cost them around 20 million, 20 and a half million if they wanted to pick that up right now. That's a lot. And they just admitted as much to the media. That's a lot of, of capital to put behind a player with one career start. He can earn about two and a half million more by this, but the guarantee is only 13 and a half, where 20 million would have been fully guaranteed for him on the fifth year option. Um, I don't know how you drop down 7 million if you're Jordan Love and it not be easy to obtain more than that on the incentives. I don't know every incentive a part of this contract. Schefter is, is laying it out. But it's, in terms of what Green Bay wants to do, they want him to go prove it. They want him to be the franchise guy, but they didn't want to have him locked in if. He doesn't prove it this season. They can get out of it relatively easy and not have to guarantee him 20 and a half. I think it's a good spot from this perspective. I don't think Jordan Love is going to be great, but we don't know yet. We haven't seen enough of him. But I do like where both the Packers and Love are from a mentality standpoint. They're both in lockstep and agreement that he needs to prove it. And that's a great yeah. spot to be in. There's no entitlement with Jordan Love. Signing this deal, he's acknowledging, okay, Give me that one-year extension. I'm going to go out there and prove everyone wrong that's doubted me. I'm going to prove everyone wrong that thought, you know, Aaron Rodgers was definitely the better quarterback last year, that I should have been starting a year ago. He's got a lot to prove with all the drama with Aaron Rodgers and him being mad when he was drafted and everything else. And the Packers are telling him that. Yes. That we haven't seen enough of you, and you have a lot to prove to us. So when both are in lockstep agreement that that is the case – I think that's an advantageous spot for the Packers moving forward because everyone's playing the same game and knows the score. And the score right now is 0-0 with Jordan Love. 
And he's acknowledging that, and the Packers are acknowledging that. There's no imbalance in expectation of what they are right now and where they're going to be. It's the Packers wanting Love to prove it to him and giving him a contract that shows that, and Jordan Love saying, I do need to prove it to you and everyone else. Let me sign on the dotted line. That's a good spot. Yeah, and and now we sit and wait. I, I mentioned yesterday I'm not a big fan of what they did. They had a ton of picks. Yep. I wasn't a fan uh, of everything that they did in this draft uh, to put talent around Jordan Love. But in the small moments we've seen, and especially it's mainly last year, in the small mo- one game on the road in Chicago doesn't, doesn't mean a, a ton in terms of trajectory. I did see the team play and pick up the pace a bit whenever Rodgers went into the locker room to have an injury assessed and Jordan Love came off the bench. They were playing harder. And I, I would assume that that's what the locker room will do now, picking up and moving forward. But they're in a tough spot in the division that is now uh, at the top with Minnesota, but also Detroit right in there. And you have a Chicago franchise that is putting everything they can behind Justin Fields this offseason. Chad? By the way, the Vikings are sort of the forgotten team. Crazy enough, I think, in that yeah. division. And they got your guy Addison now. Yep. A guy I love at receiver, but they're, they're good. You know, they're the best team in that division from last year. Yep. But it's also uh, the division champion. And they have a quarterback on the last year of a contract. But the interest, all the eyeballs are on Jordan Love trying to prove it and then what the Lions and Bears are doing with all those high draft picks. So they're the forgotten team, which is funny for the defending champions of the division. And then they're the have-nots in the NFL. The Arizona Cardinals, they're not going to be very good. In fact, Kyler Murray is even coming off an injury with the ACL. But there's always hope that the NFL draft can sell, even – if you're a fan of a team and a franchise where you know it's not going to be pretty for the upcoming season, and here's why. Check out the list of draft picks for the Arizona Cardinals next season. Two first-rounders, a second-rounder, three third-round picks, and a handful of fourth-round picks as well, plus a handful of fifths and a seventh. Chad, they are stacked with picks for the next year's draft and the way this sets up, and keep in mind, the Texans gave up their one of their first-round picks next year in order to move up to get Will Anderson. They could potentially have back-to-back picks in the first round, just like the Texans did this year. And considering how bad they may be, Caleb Williams and Marvin Harrison Jr. could be playing for the Arizona Cardinals a year from now based on what they did in maneuvering the draft this year. Just like we saw possibly a franchise completely flip itself on its head this year with the Houston Texans. This may be the start of a Houston Texans AFC South dynasty that we witnessed with C.J. Stroud at quarterback and Will Anderson Jr. rushing the passer. That's what they're saying. We could see the very same thing a year from now with Arizona. And with that list of picks, I kind of draw a line under that final third-round pick. And I think, okay, everything else, yeah, you can get value in the fourth and fifth round, yada, yada, yada. But you can also use those to move around, too. For sure. But right now, six picks in the top three rounds. Top 100. That that is what jumps out to me. Everything else, great. It it looks nice on a tweet because Mm -hmm. it continues going down the list of picks. But I draw a big underline, bright coloring underneath that and say, look at those six picks in the first 100 picks next year. And tell me the Arizona Cardinals can't completely change the direction of their franchise with that draft, depending on where they end up falling and how high they're drafting a year from now. They're in a good spot. 
They're in an awful spot, though, this year. John McClain yeah. told us they were the one team that has worse Vegas odds than the Texans to win the Super Bowl was the Cardinals, the only team behind the Texans. Going into this year, this was pre-draft. Yeah, and post-draft, I, I bet it remains the same. Oh, I bet it's even worse. I bet someone, you know, the, the odds probably went a bit in the favor of any team that drafted a top-five quarterback just because of the unknown, right? If you're a long shot to win the Super maybe it goes up a tiny bit with the drafting of C.J. Stroud. The Cardinals just flatlined, though, after this draft. Chad, Nicole Lynn is the uh, woman who negotiated the contract for Jalen Hurts, who up until last week was the highest paid player in the NFL, $51 million on average per season for the Eagles quarterback. He used to be represented by the Young Money Agency, which is Lil Wayne's agency. And uh, apparently, according to Skip Bayless, and he would know, he's buddies with Lil Wayne, uh, the breakup happened because of a photo that he put out on social media with President Trump. And in 2020. In 2020. And it was a, a part of a meeting where they discussed a $500 billion package to uplift black communities and an initiative known as the Platinum Plan. And they, he posted a photo with the president giving the thumbs up. That apparently led to the breakup between the two. He ends up hiring Nicole Lynn, who then negotiates this contract with Philly and ultimately set up Lamar Jackson with his contract as well, which we talked about last week, and will be the staircase for the next step of Justin Herbert or Joe Burrow, and then eventually Patrick Mahomes gets his again too. First off, this is one of the funniest pictures of all time of Donald the, Trump and Lil Wayne with, with the, the thumbs, thumbs up. Yeah. I, I love this photo so much. This is also not a new photo. Uh, it, t- it took place in 2020 when they had this summit. Um, I, I believe that Skip Bayless, he knows Lil Wayne, so he's getting this directly from sure. him. It's one of those that I refuse to believe that's the only reason that they left that agency. Now, from Lil Wayne's perspective, he may be telling Skip Bayless, they had a big problem with me meeting with Donald Trump, and they voiced their concerns with it, and they had a big issue. All of that is probably true, but I am hoping against hope that this was not the sole reason that she left the agency. It was because of a photo with the president. And that's the only reason that, that she left. There had to be some other reason. Well, then now, she we'll left, never know unless she says it. And then she left that agency and went and worked for Clutch. For LeBron James. Which is LeBron. And Rich yeah. Paul. Yes. But the only way to, to dispel this is if she comes out and says, no, 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 no. That was one issue we had. There were other issues. There were reasons we went to this agency. It wasn't just because of that. If she stays silent on it, the allegation stands. And that was the only reason she left, which I think is foolish if that's really the only reason. Coming up, Trey Wallace joins us. We discuss everything from Bryce Young to Stetson Bennett and the other SEC storylines stemming from what was a long NFL draft weekend. And there's plenty to discuss within the conference right now as well and college football with Trey. That's straight ahead on Hot Mike. If you followed me throughout the years, you know I'm a South Dakota girl at heart who grew up in a ranching family. And I know that America First isn't just a political movement. It's a kitchen table issue, literally. 
You know, I always support American family-owned companies, ranchers and farmers who put high-quality meat products on the tables of their fellow Americans. And my friends at Omaha Steaks are the experts. With Father's Day right around the corner, what better gift to give dad than the experience of world-class Omaha Steaks? This package includes a mouth-watering assortment of dad's grilling favorites like Omaha Steaks Butcher's Cut Top Sirloins, Juicy Boneless Pork Chops, Deli-Style Gourmet Jumbo Franks, and their legendary Omaha Steaks burgers go to omahasteaks.com and use promo code outkick at checkout get mouth-watering gift packages starting at just 99 dollars. and as a bonus use promo code outkick to get 10 dollars off your order Live from 6th and Peabody with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine, Hot Mike with Hutton Withrow rolls on across the Outkick Network. Joined by Trey Wallace of Outkick.com. Great SEC coverage and college football discussion can be found there through Trey. Trey, hope things are well, man. Yeah, guys, doing good for a Tuesday, and there's never a dull moment in college sports, whether it's football, baseball, or basketball, everything just rolls on, guys. And the SEC continues to roll in the draft. Another record number for them. And when you see the the number of players that they put into the league every year and the retooling, the not rebuilding, but reloading that goes on on an annual basis, it, it is remarkable, especially at the top of the conference where the Kings remain king with Alabama and Georgia, despite all of the players that we see rattle off through the first three rounds alone. You know, isn't it crazy that, you know, a team like Georgia, I mean, you know, they are the Philadelphia Eagles now on defense. You know, it's mind-blowing sometimes when you think about that. Uh, and you go back and look at the draft, you you look at the quarterbacks that were taken, um, look at the wide receivers, offensive linemen. Once you got from rounds five through seven, a lot of players went off the board. Um, you know, and, and another big thing, too, is, you know, looking at the the wide receiver position, you know, uh, Tennessee, the, you know, they went on a run, back-to-back picks at wide receiver, and then all of a sudden the SEC is, is starting to produce, along with all of college football. You know, I, I think that, you know, the first round showed us uh, that, yes, uh, there is a dominant league, but that there is, you know, some parity when it comes to these positions in college football, and I, and I think you saw that, and you know, I was watching uh, everything unfold in Nashville, Tennessee on the second day uh, when it all went down with Will Levis, yep. uh, and it was fun to watch. Um, but, you know, you you look at the spot that, that, that the quarterbacks produced, you know, and the teams that did it, and, you know, I was still kind of surprised that, that Levis didn't go around one, but uh, that's another story for another day. So let's get on that theme of surprise with quarterbacks from the SEC in this draft, Trey, when you look up and down the list. Anthony Richardson going fourth overall. Uh, Bryce Young, no surprise, obviously, but other surprises. Anthony Richardson, fourth overall. Will Levis dropping all the way to the second round. Hendon Hooker dropping all the way to the third round. And Stetson Bennett moving all the way up to the fourth round based on expectation. What was the biggest surprise to you? Yeah, I I, I think... You know, honest opinion, I think with the way that the draft played out, I I think that with Will Levis going second round, like that's an obvious drop. And the reason why I say that is for eight months, everybody and all they did was prop this young man up as to being a top five draft pick. And it turns out at the end, teams weren't going for it. 
Titans ended up getting him in the second round. But I look at this and I think to myself, what in the world was I watching during the year that NFL teams or these experts that are doing these mock drafts didn't see when it comes to Will Levis and why he was not a top five pick in my opinion. Like what, you know, and, and I look, a lot of it comes from, um, you know, Mel Kuyper, I'll just say it um, with, with, you know, and Todd McShay as well, but I will say a lot of it comes from the agent as well. Jimmy Sexton does a hell of a job propping up his quarterbacks. Uh, He tried to, at least with Will Levis, when it comes to making this guy, you know, uh, feel like a top five pick to to experts that are out there feeding them the right information and whatnot. And, And that's his job. And I give him a lot of credit. It didn't work. This time with Levis, um, I, you know, still going early second round is, I mean, that's nice. Don't get me wrong, but he lost out on millions of dollars. I just, you know, I, I look at the quarterback position, Anthony Richardson to Indianapolis. That's going to be a project. It's I, I don't think Anthony Richardson is going to come in and be that guy day one. Now they might try to make him that guy day one, but I think it's going to take a minute for, for him to understand the NFL. Bryce Young, there's a lot of areas that Carolina's got to get better at, you know, before Bryce Young can be successful as an NFL quarterback. So I, I, you know, I look at overall, I think that Hendon Hooker won. You know, I, I think him going to Detroit, being able to to sit behind Jared Goff for a year, and then the Lions can can do whatever they want with Jared Goff because they won't owe him any money. And then maybe Hendon Hooker is the guy in Detroit. We'll see. We don't know how these guys are going to react when they get to the national football lines. But I, I feel like overall, Nashville League, I feel like overall that Hendon Hooker kind of sits in a, in a pretty spot. And if he did drop it, it wasn't that big of a deal. Um, he'll make his money on his second contract when he's like, what, 30 years old, you know? And so we'll see. But congrats to all of them. And, you know, maybe the... Chad, I don't know about you. Stetson Bennett going in the fourth round shocked me. That was kind of that was that was Same. one of the mind blowing moments. Shocked, but yeah. Sean Clifford went in the fifth. I was yeah, I was I was yeah. surprised. I'm probably more surprised by Bennett in that uh, in the fourth round. But yeah, it was surprising, no yeah. doubt. Hey, of the two of Richardson and and Levis, who would you bet on Trey to actually break through and have the career that everyone is discussing? Can they can they be this guy? Who do you think actually lives up to expectation over the other if we're just comparing the two? I think Indianapolis is going to work around Anthony Richardson to run an offense that fits Anthony Richardson. I think the Titans, the, the, the Titans are just hard-headed. You know, they're they're going to they're going to run their offense to fits. Okay, what's Ryan Tannehill do right now? Look at what they did with receiver. He didn't do Will Levis any help when it comes to the future. And and I look at Will Levis and what he came from. Go back to the first year, you know, with Liam Cohen at Kentucky. Like, that's the type of offense that Will Levis succeeds in. And I think what the Titans are doing right now, I'm not going to sit here and say I'm some Titans expert, but I watch them. I watch how they use their quarterbacks. I don't know if that fits Will Levis at the moment, so they might have to switch things up. So I'm going to go with Anthony Richardson just because I think that they're going to try to build this offense around him in the future where he is comfortable in the pocket compared to Will Levis, where it feels like it's going to be another Ryan Tannehill type of deal. So I, I don't, it, it's hard to digest because you don't know 
what they're going to do uh, currently. But, you know, well, it's not like Will Levis is coming into Nashville and is going to be the starting quarterback, you know, next season. They, they're invested into Ryan Tannehill. If anything, you know, Malik Willis should probably be nervous about his two spots. Yep. So, I, you know, Jonathan, I, I just think the Colts are right now because they're going to, you know, again, they're going to build around the money that they are investing in Anthony Richardson. So Josh Heupel has an uphill fight ahead of him, and it's not just fighting his own history. It's fighting the yeah. history of every system that he derives from, whether that be Mike Leach or Art Bryles with Baylor and Texas Tech players. And I say that because Hendon Hooker, Jalen Hyatt, and Cedric Tillman all went lower than we expected in the draft. And I think that the system definitely has something to do with that. I know, Trey, that Josh Heupel – spoke out against that either today or yesterday, talking about his receivers drafted. But isn't the one way to prove everyone wrong is for these guys just to get to these spots and over-deliver based on where they were drafted, and then that starts to turn the tide on what the NFL thinks about this offensive system and players that come from it? Yeah, I mean, I think look, it, it, for Josh Heupel's, I, I know he talked about draft picks, you know, and how many he's put in the NFL – but for that to come true, he needs Jalen Hyde to go up to New York and do some damage next year. Not be some all-pro receiver, but at least do some damage, make himself notable. Cedric Tillman uh, in Cleveland, go up there and be productive, you know, as a first-year wide receiver. I think with, you know, the Bears, the Velas Jones Jr., they kind of used him in different ways uh, last season. Punt returner, kickoff returner at times. Uh, and then at wide receiver, maybe he grows into a a better spot receiver next season or this coming up season. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, it's got to be production on the field, guys. I, I think that's the biggest thing. Like we can we can look at, I think it was what seventy three and seventy four, seventy four, seventy five that they win in the draft, and you know a, a good part of that is you know Jalen Hyatt was a Blitnikoff Award winner. I mean, he was so-called the best wide receiver in the country, and he didn't go until he did. And, and so, yes, you look at the system that Josh Heupel is running, um, and, and you have to factor that into it. And I get where he comes off. I don't want to call it defensive, but he's trying to make a point when he says draft picks in the NFL. I just feel like when it comes to the the overall schemes in the NFL, a lot more, you know, in my opinion – the route running compared, like, what did we see last season? We saw last season, Jalen, and the year before it was the same thing. So I'll just go off last season. We saw last season, Jalen Hyatt getting wide open on his touchdowns because of the scheme that Josh Heupel ran. Now I'm interested to see what Jalen Hyatt looks like when he gets to the NFL. He can use that speed, but they're not running that same type of system. You're not going to have Jalen Hyatt. 15 to 20 yards wide open, you know, on some of these passes. And that's nothing against Jalen Hyatt because this is speedster, but it's also how Josh Heupel used his offense to get wide receivers open. It ain't happening in the NFL. It's going to be something completely different. So I look to see if they can build off what they did at Tennessee and build that into a future in the NFL. Trey Wallace with us on hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow. Outkick.com is where you can read his coverage on the SEC uh, with the news coming out about the expanded college football playoff and the bracket, and I can't help but think of the the home atmospheres that we're going to get, Trey, uh, in, in oh. the first round of this. What comes to mind for you whenever you're reading through all the details of it? 
I mean, it, it, you know, I'll just say, you know, what about a night game in Baton Rouge for a, a quarterfinal game? I mean, think about the environment yeah. in that. You know, those are the type of atmospheres. You know, Tuscaloosa, Baton Rouge, I, I can name, 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 you know, college football. You know, what, what about a night game in Happy Valley? You know, for a quarterfinal game with Penn State. So I, I look at this. I love it. I can't wait uh, for them to to start off the playoffs at home. Um, I think the ratings will be through the roof because they're not playing at a neutral side. I, I just think there's going to be something different, you know. And and the biggest thing that comes to my mind too is you know teams going in there and and pulling off an upset, you know, at somebody's home venue, like in, in and we're setting up the playoffs and the seating to be where it's where it's, it can be very interesting, you sure. know, and and I want to I want to know, you know, what who's 1 through 8. You know, okay, then you got 8 through 12. How those matchups are going to look like and do we get like if it was this past year, if I'm not mistaken, I'd have to go back and look at the the predict but they put in what it would look like in 2024 based off last year's, you know, um, uh, playoffs of standings. Kansas State was one of – can you imagine a quarterfinal game in the college football playoffs in Manhattan, Kansas? Like, it just – it would be amazing. So I look forward to that. They're doing the right thing. It's going to bring in more revenue for college football. Um, they're they're going to have a split, you know, when it comes to these home teams that are hosting and whatnot. But, you know – College football in December, by the way, in like the middle of December, in some of these home venues, I mean, hell, there could be a foot of snow in Happy Valley when they're taking the field for a playoff game. Like there's so many, you know, variables to this. I'm excited, man. It's going to be a lot of fun. I wish it would start, you know, this coming up season, but I can wait one more year. Alabama athletics, Trey, is on a a heater that I haven't seen in decades. (laughs) <laughs> um, you've got a now in, in the span of 24 hours, an associate yep. AD being arrested for domestic violence, along with a possible betting scandal that you wrote about at, at OutKick, which I don't understand given the results of this series. Trey, you wrote about it. Um, what can you tell us about the state of Ohio pulling Alabama baseball off the books because of possible impropriety? Well, it's also now the state of Massachusetts. Uh, they've pulled FanDuel and whatnot uh, from betting on Alabama baseball. Um, the state of Louisiana's uh, regulator was was tipped off about it. I think it was a Friday night, if I'm not mistaken, um, about this. And the bet was placed in Cincinnati at, at uh, their, their Major League Baseball Park. It slipped my mind real quick what it was called. But – I look at this and I and I was thinking. Look, I wrote that story at midnight last night, and I, I you know, it was twelve thirty when, when we were done and we got it posted. And I was thinking, what could they have bet on Alabama, who was playing the number one team in the country in Baton Rouge? In in where would the the where would the suspicious activity come from? I mean, I can only think of one thing: Alabama scratched a pitcher. On Friday, and it was very, very close uh, to first pitch when he was scratched. Did and I'm just, I'm just spitballing. So nobody, please report this on message board during yeah, the no, news. We, we can speculate, but, but did somebody know about that? 
that morning that that pitcher wasn't going to be available and they maybe tipped off somebody back in Ohio, you know, about it. Like, that's all, that's all I can think of. Like what advantage do you have? And, and by the way, the bets were on LSU. Like it, it came out that the, the, the people that were trying to make money were betting on LSU who's minus two forty five going into the game. What the hell? Unless you're betting a lot of money, and I'm talking a lot of money. You're not going to make much back from that. So two parts that, that make this thing interesting. NCAA has now released a statement um, saying that, you know, they, they take, you know, this stuff seriously. They're looking into to any improprieties that might have happened at Alabama. I asked for comment from the SEC last night around 1115. It is now 340 Eastern time. I have yet to hear back from the Southeastern Conference or the University of Alabama about this. Um, it, but the NCAA comes out with a statement. I, I think that overall, they're going to have to release what happened in Ohio. Um, it's a part of the laws up there. I was going through it at one o'clock in the morning. So whatever happened to cause this, they're going to have to release it. And, and I would imagine that would probably come out in the next couple of days. Um, but this is this is I've never seen this before in college baseball ever. And that's what threw us a lot of people off last night is what were they really trying to bet on? So here's the problem. Until there is a solution or an answer to this question, Chad and Jonathan, people are going to be under the assumption that Alabama's doing something dirty when it comes to college baseball. So that's why they have to figure this out very quickly because either it's true and there's something going on or B, there's not something going on. It was an impropriety that the, the sports book in Ohio did not pick up on. They were thrown for a loop, and they didn't know how to react, so they called it suspicious activity. It's it's pretty crazy. Y'all, you guys are having Kurt Schilling on later today. I, you know, I'm not telling you guys what to do, but I, I would ask him, like, hey, man, like, what would cause a sports book or something like that? What could a baseball team do in a span of four to five hours that would make something look illegal. And, and I think that's the biggest thing that kind of threw me off on this whole situation. And by the way, Alabama fought back. They, no, they, they played well. So I don't think this is like a point shaving or they're throwing games. They situation. Came back and won. Yeah, they barely lost to the number one team in the country in all three games. The likely scenario, Trey, to me, is that someone in Ohio is betting a large amount on Alabama baseball and they are taking the house every single time. And they have some reason to suspect they're getting some sort of inside info that some huge imbalance of bets or one bet came out right before that pitching change was announced. And they said, aha, something's up here with someone funneling something to someone in Ohio on behalf of Alabama baseball about inside info, and they're looking into it. I don't think based on what happened in this series, you can suspect they were trying to throw it. You know, they played close and came back against a team that's a lot yeah. better than them. They tried 8-1 and lost 8-6 on that particular night. You're saying, though, and Trey, that Ohio has to say what it is in the next couple of days, right? Yeah, and they will. And 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 also, since Massachusetts it's taken it off the board as well, and I think there'll probably, probably be another state or two that does it. Louisiana's aware of it right now. The state is. So they're going to have to say something. They're going to have to either clear Alabama or they're going to have to either say, hey, this is what was, was and, going on to this. And I even went through the, you know, I, I went in full crazy investigative mode at 2 o'clock this morning looking at Alabama's roster. There's only one player from the state of Ohio. I don't think that player is tipping off a, 
a family member back in Ohio that this maybe this is what's going on inside the program. So I think it had something to do with the craziness that went on on Friday and uh, and they didn't know how to react to it. So it's an interesting story. Now you've got the other kicker is I leave it this. Now you got the NCAA involved. The NCAA is aware they're looking into it. This could open up a whole new can of worms. Yep. And Bama, by the way, plays in the state of Tennessee on Thursday against Vandy. Uh, that's their next series uh, against the Commodores. Trey, appreciate you as always, man. And we'll catch up soon. Great work. And we look forward to the, the podcast this week, the Trey Wallace podcast at Outkick. Guys, thanks for having me on. Look forward to seeing you in Nashville this week. Yeah. Thank you, boys. Great, man. Thanks, Trey. There's Trey Wallace, Outkick.com, is where you can find his work and the podcast available under the show's tab. Coming up, speaking of sports betting, the NFLPA has sent out a memo uh, to all of the players across the league, letting them know about who's monitoring their accounts on the betting sites and who's ratting them out if they place a bet on properties that are technically on, on team facilities. That could be a bus, a plane, hotel, whatever it might be. We'll give details next and try to figure out the confusion on why guys continue to bet on games regardless of sport and get suspended for it. That's next on Hot Mike. Hey, I'm a dad, and I know what dads want for Father's Day. They want steak, world-class Omaha steaks. Look, dads deserve top-quality American beef, and that's what you'll get with Omaha Steaks as their Father's Day gift. I gift Omaha Steaks constantly to guests on my show. Urban Meyer, the football coach, Mike Krzyzewski, the basketball coach, Kevin Pritchard, general manager of the Indiana Pacers, just to name a few, have received the gift of steak, Omaha Steaks from me. Order mouthwatering gift packages starting at just $99, and as a bonus, use promo code DAN to get $10 off your order. Give the gift that I give to guests on my show. Mouthwatering gift packages from Omaha Steaks starting at just 99 bucks. And as a bonus, use promo code DAN to get $10 off your order. Sack up and get your dad something he'll love this Father's Day. John McClain will join us in about 40 minutes or so. Looking forward to John joining us to talk all things NFL. We'll specifically look at some SEC programs and what they put into the league. That's coming up in 10 minutes or so. Chad, the NFLPA sent out a memo to agents and, and players themselves, letting them know, and as a reminder, because honestly, we've, already, we've known this. We knew this whenever Calvin Ridley was suspended indefinitely, but at least for one season, that the apps that players could bet on, that we all use, are monitoring their transactions and monitoring when they're doing this and then feeding it back to the NFL. And that seems to be a part of their agreement in order to advertise the way they do within the league and on a, a daily basis to be the official online sports betting app of whatever T teams do this individually and the league as a whole. Um, so the NFLPA in the memo to NFL agents says we have confirmed that some States monitor and audit FanDuel and the other gambling apps to ensure that the companies are in compliance with the state law. Further, the apps monitor gambling activity. It was 
a part of that monitoring that the NFL learned of the players using the apps at work in violation of NFL rules. So they're taking the fact that you have an account, matching that with your location, and then they can tell the NFL, hey, this happened here. Don't look at us if things go awry. We want to stay in great standing with you because of your value to us. And that's why they're agreeing to push this information uh, to the league and why we saw five players suspended most recently, uh, three for the full season. But, Chad, this is nothing new. I think this is just not getting through to the players, much like some other things in past years with NFLPA and CBA rights agreements and other things. Most of the players don't even know about some of the negotiations that go on there. And if you're thinking you're on a team bus and you didn't know that that was a part of a, a workplace environment, that's on the agent or on the NFLPA to let you know that because that's been the rule. And it's the rule because you're not seeing any of the appeals go through through the NFL offices. They, they were caught. The app turned them over. And we move on. At least that's what the NFL wants us to believe. Yeah, it just seems really punitive for Jamison Williams. Now, yes. I understand that the harsher the penalty, the more you're going to get every player's attention to yeah. not do it, and that they're going to be a lot more apt to get in line and not do it. But did it have to be six games? Could it have been one game and a strict warning to the rest of the league to not do it for everyone else and to remind them that when they're on a team bus, they're on team property and they right. can't bet? I think you probably could have gotten the point across that way and not gone with the full six-game suspension. But if you want to send a message, you go heavy-handed. And that's what the league did here. And I'm sure the message has been received loud and clear. And, um, you know, it's not the message that, you know, stitches or snitches wind up in ditches when it comes to these apps because they're going to keep doing it because the NFL is a great partner of theirs. Yeah, and they want in on all of that. And the NFL wants their money. So it's a part of the agreement. Again, like – the. It's not, I don't think it's leaking information. I, I think it is absolutely that they're telling the players they're doing this. Um, yeah. And in fact, Calvin Ridley was told that's how that he was, he was caught over a year ago doing this. So uh, I don't, I don't think it's leaking information in the, in the data that comes from the app. That's just part of the agreement. Whenever you agree to whatever, uh, you know, the, the rules and regulations of, of, of any of us, we just click the box and move on. That seems to be what these players did in this instance, where they clicked the box, moved on, hit submit, I agree, and didn't know what they were agreeing to. The easy solution is don't do it if you're a player. Do it at Here's home. your big warning, <laughs> right? You know, yeah. If you're anywhere around team property, you can't do it. Even on sports, it's legal to bet on. And you deliver that message by and, suspending someone for six games. And just to clarify, you can't bet on the league at all at any time. Right. But what Chad's implying... They were betting on college football on a team bus. Right. And which other, is legal, but not on team property. And the others that included any NFL game or NFL They're bet. They're indefinite. Indefinite suspension, but at least for a year. Coming up, we take a, a, take a look at the SEC programs that had their players fall down a bit in the NFL draft. That's next. That's next.